Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 164 of the Dance Speak podcast with Tyrell and Trina Washington. Tyrell and Trina are vets in the industry. They're dancers, choreographers, producers, artistic directors. They continue to work with the best of the best, and they have longevity in this industry, which is one of the reasons I was super, super geeked to sit down with them and get more into that. Some of their credits, and when I say some, I have to say some because this is really just a small section <laughs> of their credits include. Beyonce, Rihanna, Whitney Houston, American Idol, The Voice. Just phenomenal, and they are open books. My favorite combination. Be sure to follow us and tag us in your stories on Instagram at Dance Speak Podcast. Again, sharing is caring, and we want to keep in touch. So be sure to share that you are listening to these episodes, what you got, so that your communities can learn about this. And again, we are at Dance Speak Podcast on IG. You can check out our longer segments on YouTube if you want to watch us while we talk. You know, we have a YouTube. Just put in Dance Speak Podcast. You'll find it. Be sure to rate and review us on whichever platform you're listening on. It takes less than a minute and makes all the difference. And an announcement, we have an internship position open. This is for social media and marketing. If you are interested, we are looking for someone, of course, responsible, self-motivated, detail-oriented, creative, open to growth. This would be no shorter than three months and it would be no more than four hours a week. So if you are interested, go ahead, send us your CV and cover letter to dancespeakpodcast at gmail.com. Again, that's dancespeakpodcast podcast at gmail.com. Before we get into the episode, let's talk about my course, Fit From Home. Oh my God, my vocal cords. <laughs> Fitness and cross-training for dance comes up again and again as a key component when interviewing thrivers in the dance world. You're going to hear it here. And it's important that you find a way to do it efficiently and effectively. Fit From Home combines my experience cross-training for dance, as well as my background as a certified personal trainer. I've been doing that for years concurrently with teaching dance, choreographing, and dancing. And there's something in it for everyone. If you're a professional dancer looking to upgrade, update, or start your cross-training for artistry, or if you're just someone who loves dance and wants to strengthen properly for it, you are all welcome here. And if you're listening, you're neither, and you're just like, I want to work out, that sounds like fun, this is for you too. You can do every single one of these workouts with no equipment. Equipment is optional and not needed. All you need is your body. I designed this program so you can do it anywhere, at home, the gym, a hotel room, basically anywhere. That is why I created it. I created it for myself as I was traveling and didn't have time to leave the house even when I was in LA. The series includes a video on form so you don't hurt yourself, no one wants that, but most importantly, each of these workouts is fun and you'll feel so much better after you're done that rhymes you can find out more about fit from home by going to my website g-o-g-a-l-i-t and clicking on the button that says online fitness course it's right there you'll also get access to a freebie when you visit my website or you can follow the link in the show notes enjoy okay without any further ado the show the interview hey guys my name is galit friedlander I've worn many hats in the dance world over the last 15 plus years and have created Dance Speak as a platform for people in the dance industry to share their stories and blueprints for success. So listen up and get ready to be inspired, learn something new, and get personal with the people behind the movements you love. 
is funny. So the thing that we talked about, I'm just diving into it if it's cool. Yeah. The thing that we talked about right before pressing record is that you're real people and maybe dancers don't always know necessarily how to approach you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Is there a way that, because it's like, you know, if you meet somebody and you admire their work and stuff, you can get a little like, Mm -hmm. yeah. Like, what's a way that somebody can approach you? I mean, we always offer, we're like, you know, DM us, reach out. You know, we are just regular human beings. You don't Mm -hmm. have to look at us like we're up here in status. You know, we have have kids. We have patience. (laughs) We understand. Um, And, you know, we've been in your position before. Right. There's no best way to do it. Mm -hmm. I just say, just go for it. We'll take it all. We'll take the cheese. We'll take the, the professional. We'll take the common, like... Hi, and then stop and pause, Aww. and it's awkward. We'll try to break the ice for you. Yeah, that's amazing. Where does that come from? Kids, patience. having kids, <laughs> really? living life. Yeah, Aww. I actually met you two years ago at Adrian Dove's. Mm-hmm. I think Thanksgiving. I think it was a Thanksgiving, and it was just everyone was there, and yeah. I was probably shy. Because I think everyone was so comfortable, and sometimes I'm a little bit awkward. <laughs> and so I don't know if you said hi or anything. You were pregnant. Oh. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I just remember. It was uh, Christmas yeah. time around it was that Christ- time. Yeah. All I remember was it was really fun, and I got shamed for bringing kale. <laughs> you brought kale to a party. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Something healthy, huh? Which I did at Super Bowl. I also did a Super Bowl Sunday recently because I'm like, I wanted to balance out. The nachos were amazing. The hot wings were amazing. I bet I wanted just some green in that just to, you know. And then I also shared at the Super Bowl. I was like, I got kale shamed before. So it was on that day. And... <laughs> Now that we have that established, I actually want to go a little bit more to the beginning. So, mm-hmm. where did you two grow up? What were your upbringings like? Can we go first. Yeah, go ahead. You're older. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm originally born from San Jose, Northern California. Oh shit! Are we sorry? Are we the same? Is it okay that I'm cousin? I'm a, <laughs> yeah. So I just, I don't know. It's okay. <laughs> sure. This is this is nursery. <laughs> It's funny because I love when people don't give a shit, but at the same time, I span the line. I'm like, I don't want to deeply offend someone if for their audience they don't want to, but... We're not offended. So the person I called before this, sorry, just basically, I have mad love for San Jose, one of my closest friends. He's okay. a producer. He actually created the intro for this podcast. His name's oh. Randy Amata. Oh, nice. And I was calling him, asking him a set of question literally right before. So anyway... Oh, really? Yeah. Like, just so cool. And Look his friends that I met from there. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I was born in San Jose. I moved around a lot, so it's it's hard to like claim San Jose. Mm-hmm. When I was ten years old, then I moved to Stockton, California. Is that north? That's north. Oh, north. Okay. Yeah, and it's it's a place that like you know it's on the map. It might be really really small, but I had for me I had to get out of there. But when I was in Stockton, California, I started a dance troupe, and it was called Ground Zero because hey. we started all the way from the bottom, <laughs> and then we entered these competitions and. I started the group because my mom was the one person that said you can do it. I was asked to be in another group, but I, I just I was I was unfamiliar about that whole dance world. But I used to love the freestyle. I was the one mm-hmm. getting pushed in circles and people asking me to pop and then trying to embarrass me on the spot and then trying to battle somebody. There's just a lot of that <laughs> was going on. So once I developed the group, we entered a competition show and we just kept winning first place, which was it was crazy to me because I was like I'm new to this. And from there, gained a lot of friends that moved to L.A. when we got uh, when we graduated and got into college. And once they got out here, they were like, oh, you should come. I was like, come and do what? Had no idea that you can make a living off a dance. So from there, I came and tried to, you know, 
venture out in LA to see what it was about as far as dancing. I was really just trying to come and move away from Stockton, mm-hmm. but then dancing actually kept me here. And from there, you know, I had ups and downs, but once I booked my first job, which was the B2K tour <gasps> with Dave Scott. Sorry, but I'm not sorry. That's like, <laughs> so, that, so B2K was, was I was like, it, I think I was in middle school and it was like, we were fighting of who, who our favorite member was. Yeah, so there was, was a lot of that generation. fangirling over B2K <laughs> and it was crazy with them, so. But once I booked that job, from there, just everything started happening consecutively as far as like booking another job. And I think what it was was getting to know who I was. I wasn't just the new kid in town anymore. I was somebody who had a little bit of status. And I also got a chance to show that I can dance and I started jumping on different jobs. And from there, I'm here now. Like it's, what, 20 something years? Yeah. Yeah. 20 something years in this career. So I've been doing it. That's so dope. You know, I had a different um, upbringing. I, I am from Dallas, Texas. Hey. Uh, I was actually born disabled with club feet. So I used to walk on my ankles, like wow. fully on my ankles. So I kind of had like the Forrest Gump brace, the shoes to kind of help me. Uh, so dancing wasn't really in the cards for me. But, you know, I was obsessed with Janet. And I would just be in my living room watching the music videos and dancing all the time. And I'd just dance around the stores and everything. My mom was like, can you stop? (laughs) So she was like, okay. She found a way to put me in, you know, some type of program. And it ended up being a ballet academy because she couldn't afford to pay for dance. But I got a scholarship at nine years old. So I was in the ballet academy. But the only weird thing was racially was the only black person in the academy and I was treated a certain way so my mom didn't like that Debbie Allen had came to town when I was 12 she's like you have to go audition for her I was like I don't know who that is I didn't know who Debbie Allen was but then she showed me I was like oh okay you know fame and I auditioned for Debbie and she fell in love with me and she brought me into the musical theater world you know doing Broadway at 13 so she discovered me young And I've just been working professionally since a young age at 13. I came to L.A. officially at 18, and my career has just been going ever since. That's so beautiful. And did you, like, how did you do it with your feet? Like, did you have to rehab it? So ballet Mm -hmm. was the the main thing. So walking on my ankles, you know, I show my hands this way. I would walk like this, Mm -hmm. but with ballet, I had to do this and this. Yeah. Which now... You know, I'm affected as an adult because my hips are just done. Mm. Because it was, you know, a lot of grinding for what my body naturally did. Mm -hmm. But it took a lot of work. And I think that's why I was just so focused on dance. Because I was like, I'm going to walk normal. I'm going to be a great dancer at the same time. And even ballet, they used to just tell me, they're like, Trina, you're rolling in. I was like, I just didn't know. Mm -hmm. Because that's just how my body would work. But it took a lot of effort. And... I remember they would not put me in point shoes until I was 12. And most kids, you know, they go on around 10, but I had to do a lot of pre-point and strengthening Mm -hmm. that most people don't have to do. Amazing. And I have a question, but it's an uncomfortable one, and I want you to feel free to say no. With the treatment that you experienced in ballet school, was it more straight out? Was it microaggressions? Would you mind sharing? And if you don't want to, I respect that. No, I mean, I grew up in... Texas. So, you know, the South is a little different than over here in L.A. 
it was just it was micro but my mom caught it more than I did mm-hmm. I would come home crying I was like I just don't understand why I'm treated like this mm-hmm. and so she called them out and then from there she's like we're going to another studio and that's when I started doing competition dancing and oh. growing my styles of dance and you know and then with Debbie Allen I came to Dada and it's all primarily like a black dance studio so it was a whole different it was a culture shock and yeah. I loved it. it I felt at home I went to Bella Hispanico and I remember even just being around different bodies from what was the traditional I'm using air quotes because most people will hear this not see it ballet body was just it was great it was so great because it can be brutal just even if you if you don't fit in in any way, it can be fucking brutal. Yeah, I mean, trust me, the treatment, they'd uh, be like, sorry. I'd do a front attitude, and they would put a coffee cup on my ankle and be like, do not drop my coffee cup. And, <laughs> and that's terrifying as a yeah. kid. You're like, if I break this ceramic glass on, on the floor, I don't, you know. And it was kind of like, yeah. you know, don't talk, very structured. And then going into competition, it was totally different vibe. That's dope. Because I was going to ask, like, what were some of your obstacles coming up? So you are sharing that, but once you're in L.A. and you're working professional and you're on a roll, what do you remember then at that point being something for each of you that you had to overcome and lesson that you learned from it? Like, once you're working, you're booking, you're in this new phase of your life. Well, I think uh, one of the things, like, for me is, you know, staying physically fit. Mm. And also, too, just uh, making sure that you're taking care of your body for injuries. Mm-hmm. There's at one point I got injured. I tore my whole shoulder. Share it. So, what? How yeah. did that happen? Trying, and, and trying to be pregnant. too sexy. That, that's oh. how it happened. Um, <laughs> no, I, I was training, and I was probably in the most or the best shape of my life at the time. And then I tried to do too much, trying to just go above and beyond. And I did a pull-up. I went to the park and did a pull up mm-hmm. and tried to do well, tried to do a muscle up. And mm-hmm. when I did that, I tore my bicep off the bone and oh I my tore God. my shoulder ligament off the bone. Meanwhile, I told him not to do that. It's <laughs> <laughs> like I don't think it's good for you to do that without getting the proper training because you know I did I I did gymnastics growing up and I understand mm-hmm. the shoulder muscle. So he had to call me, and when I say I was fully pregnant, I was like eight months yeah. at the time. That's so uncomfortable. <laughs> well, I've never been pregnant. I, like, I haven't been, but your organs are pushed out of the way. Man. <laughs> I, as more of my friends have children, I just hear more <laughs> glorious things that were not shared happen to your body. Yeah. yeah. But the fear of that, I was fully pregnant, so I'm not dancing at the time. Mm-hmm. And he's like, um, babe, I'm injured. Like, mm. <laughs> take me to the doctor. So I'm sitting there like, what do we do? Neither one of us can work right now. Like, Dang. what is going to happen? And then, you know, he found out he tore all of this off. Off. I'm squeamish. I can't just couldn't, couldn't, couldn't use his arm at all. So we have a baby coming. He can't hold the baby. Yeah. So that was another thing. So we have a newborn, and he he only has the use of one arm. Oh my god. Yeah. How yeah. do you even rehab that? <laughs> well, it took him a year, right? It took me a year. Well, first of all, I had to go through surgery. They had to put screws in my arm and reconnect the ligaments back onto the bone. So I have this like little knot in my shoulder that prevents me from like having full rotation. Mm-hmm. And then I went to rehab, and rehab is just like a lot of little tedious movements that you take for granted. Like, 
they had me picking up a broom and that was one of the hardest things I've ever had to do mm. but it was also too it was like embarrassing because it's like you know a strong person we're, we're we're dancers we could do it all mm-hmm. so did the rehab and from there I still wasn't well enough to try to do any extensive dancing so I had to pick up another trade yeah I went to bartending school I did that oh, yeah? I did it spring break when I was 18 because yeah. I was about to go to school and my mom was like you have to make money and I was like I do and she said I heard bartending makes good money oh yeah yes yeah <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was too I ended up just being too young no one would hire me yeah, yeah. he was bringing in cash I was like well you make more than we do as dancers <laughs> I'm stashing it in the bed <laughs> But yeah, like so. One of the things that was like the ups and downs of being booked all the time and being, you know, consecutively working is also too just trying to make sure you take care of yourself because once that something happens, you have to figure out how you're going to get your career back up and running. So after I started bartending, and it was like a year before I started bartending, and then we had the baby, and then it was two years before I got back into the industry. But I also had to be able to say that I'm capable of doing certain things. Because I, I, now I had the fear of mm-hmm. injuring myself again. Yeah. Somebody's like, oh, you still backflip? And I had to think about it like, mm, I'm not even going to try it. You know, certain things you, you tell yourself like, no, nah, I don't want to do it because I fear that I might not be capable of doing it. And I don't want nobody to know that uh, it's, I don't want anybody to fear the, of hiring me either. Mm-hmm. So it, was, it took a long time. It was a process. That's so tough because it's like that thing always say yes and kind of the fake it till you make it and then i don't know i still i still struggle with that because i feel like from saying yes and following my yes i've gotten certain opportunities but then we're human and right yeah but even like with him being out he didn't start bartending until like six months later Yeah. yeah so after i had the baby our daughter kaden I literally, I had a C-section, so I wasn't supposed to do anything for nine weeks. Mm -hmm. At five weeks, I was like, we have to get a job. Our money is just, like, gone. Mm -hmm. So five weeks after having a baby, I I called the agency. I was like, just let everybody know. Uh, Let them know I'm back. I got a job. (laughs) Five weeks, I'm on stage doing a 10-minute medley with Pharrell, like, and I, I was in the full thing. Meanwhile, like, they could have just put me in a section. They put me in the whole thing. So I'm back dancing full time. I mean, like, I was probably working the most I've ever worked. With a newborn, I had, like, three jobs a week after just having a baby. Like, so I was balancing gigs and going all over the place and then trying to be a mom. I wasn't sleeping. You know, it was a lot. Oh, my God. I have so many questions for both of you. I hope I remember all of them. <laughs> How did you do that? And then, like, not rip your stitches, but also physically, you must have been so exhausted. You're also, you know, if yeah. I mean, like, you're lactating. You have stitches. How did you do that? So, <laughs> I, there was, a, there was a point, like, I just did, like, a simple contraction. And I was like, <gasps> like, what? Okay, I'm okay. I really had to take it easy. And I had to just figure out how to fake it. Because mm-hmm. just like he said, you know, you don't want people to count you out, but you're like, I'm here, I'm here, I can do it. Yeah. So I kind of just faked it, you know. But you did can't what I fake did. it. Oh, you can. Yeah. Wait, tell me. I just know my body so well. Okay. I know how to move without, you know, interrupting something else. Mm-hmm. And so I just, you know, kept going, and eventually I got stronger and stronger. Because you know, a lot of people don't know when they do C sections, they're cutting through two layers of your abs oh my and have to stitch it back together so you just it's 
it's a lot of stomach. Like I couldn't even get out of bed for three weeks without, you know, slowly rolling up and out. That's how long it takes to recover. But I did it. That's superhuman. Yeah. I mean, we're like, the superhuman, but then yeah. dancing on top of it. So I, it was just, it was a process. And then, you know, on my breaks, we'd have our five minute or 10 minute breaks. I would be in the corner just pumping milk in a bottle, you know, like trying to be clean and sanitary, but sweating at the same time. And while everybody's, you know, doing whatever, talking, socializing, I'm in the corner just pumping like, oh, I'll be back. <laughs> and like energy wise, what do, is it something you told yourself? Is it just you have like tons of energy regardless? How did you get through energy wise? I mean, being a parent, it's all mentality. Mm. It's. It's knowing that you have something at home that you have to fight for. And no matter how tired you are, there's no greater feeling than your kid, too. So yeah. it's like, I'm tired. They're just crying. But then you're like, oh, I just love it so much. And, you know, and so you fight for your dreams a little harder, too. I've heard that before also. Mm -hmm. I've heard that before that there are women, they talk about, like, I reached a new level of success once I had a, a child. And yeah. I mean, I just think of myself when I get one hour less of sleep, I'm, <laughs> I'm like, yeah. I think I'm going to be the exception where I just really fall out and I'm just a mess. <laughs> like, and then what about with bartending? How did it feel? Because, you know, you, you've gone on tour and you've been with celebrities and I feel like it lifts you up to a certain status. Mm -hmm. and, and then when you're bartending, you're in service in a different way and yeah. people might treat you in different ways. What was that like being like, you know, did you have any moments before where you were like... Oh. Well, I mean, in the beginning... Because first of all, I had to go to an institution to learn how to bartend. Mm -hmm. And then I had to get the strength to pick up the bottles and pour. Because oh I was still injured. I was just learning, like, from a book. But once I got a, a job, I actually... I hated it. Mm -hmm. Like, really, really hated it because, you know, it, we're, I'm doing a service, but, you know, you don't get respect from certain people when they're drinking, you know, oh, under the influence, intoxicated. Thing. They talk to you crazy. Mm -hmm. And with me, I, I have a lot of patience, but it was one of those things that I was saying, like, you know, well, I have kids, too, so I have to be able to approach each person in a way that I can get through the night. But once I started counting tips... <laughs> Then I started liking bartending, <laughs> but it it did feel like a step back because I was wondering how to get back out of it now. Like, how do I get out of bartending now that I have this flow going? And also, too, how do I get back into dance, knowing that more dancers are uh, you know entering the city, more jobs are passing by, and kind of getting forgotten. And then I also have to get back in shape in order to do the certain things. It it was a lot, you know. With all that said and done, I definitely took the time to say. From bartending, I learned to take care of myself in different ways, but I also knew how to hustle a different way for my family, for my career, and it supplemented a lot of things. So I was good doing it, but then yeah. I had to get out of it. At what point did you know it was time to transition back into dance work? I think when I was just like physically ready, because okay. I, was, I was still like training, trying to get my body back. And at the same time, you know, the, the hours were getting longer. Like, I couldn't be up all night. Because I, was, I wasn't bartending during the day. I was bartending right. all the way to, like, 3, 4 o'clock in the morning. And we have kids that go to school, so we have to get up in the morning. And then I'm tired to have, like, some family time. So I had to sacrifice that to get back into, you know, the regular realm. And then for both of you, though, because you both started dancing professionally at a young age, the whole time was dance paying your bills? Did you take on side jobs in between? 
I did a lot of bar mitzvahs and bat mitzvahs. I've done those as well. <laughs> I was dancing my ass off, and I was trying to do privates. I was talking to all the moms, like, hey, what does your kid need? I, I, like, in the beginning, it's always a struggle for people who just moved here, and they're trying to straight go into commercial dance, mm-hmm. because the thing is, once the job's done, it's done. It's, a, it's like a temp job. Mm-hmm. You have to, like, what's next? So I had to make sure that I was supplementing my income by, I didn't really have a side job, I tried the side job. I tried jobs first before I got into dance, okay. and that just didn't work. Okay. The cost of living out here is just way too high. The cost of that's living out here is like, way too that's high. That's why I'm still in this apartment. Like five years ago, I was like, I'm just ready. I'm just ready to. I'm ready to upgrade. I'm ready to move. Mm-hmm. And then I look at it's rent control. I look at what everything else is costing. I'm like, I'm never mind. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I'll grow old here with my uneven <laughs> floors and carpet. <laughs> Oh my gosh, so many directions. I This is my favorite thing, like to me, conversation is a dance. Yeah. What I love about this also is both of you are thriving and, and you are very family oriented. And I feel like, I know for me, there's a fear that, you know, once I start a family, I won't really be able to dance again. Mm-hmm. I think maybe I'm gonna be too tired. Maybe I won't feel like, and, and I don't mean to sound rude or anything, like I won't feel like sexy enough or, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? I definitely will feel that. Cause there is, a, there is, it took it took me like two years after each kid to feel sexy again. Yeah. Yeah. I was gonna say it, yeah, but I'm that, not, yeah. It, it, it really does happen. You're just like I just don't feel like myself. But a lot of it is you're tired. You know, you're doing a lot of things, and you're not really focused on you. So you're not gonna feel sexy, even in dance. You're just not gonna feel that way. And I even think like, cause I love like I love like hip-hop and I can be so outdated but like tomboyish and stuff but I still have a certain thing that makes me I'm just afraid of being that person that's like come on guys hip-hop or like just kind of like okay she missed the boat you know and I I, yeah so it's not really it's a question it's a inquiry what had you tap into it and what has you feel kind of good in every phase of life as you're dancing if that makes sense because dance can be I'm like, damn, everyone's a teenager or like 20 right now. And I'm like, I'm not in that place in my life anymore. Mm -hmm. You know, Um, how do you feel? Like, how do you connect with dance at different points in your life when you're maturing? I mean, you you fall in and out of love with dance Mm -hmm. all the time. No one talks about it. And honestly, the more you work, Mm -hmm. the less you love it. And a lot of people don't think that. They think, oh, I just want to work and do... The more you do it, it starts becoming Groundhog's Day. You like rehearsal, this, we're on stage. And then every stage looks the same. No matter if it's the Oscars, Grammys, or a festival, or House of Blues, it just feel, it starts feeling the same. So you do kind of fall out of love with it. And it, it takes a life-changing moment to be like, oh, I kind of miss this. Or like you just go take class and you're like, this feels good. This feels better than doing a job. Mm-hmm. And and it's just because, you know, the commercial side of the industry starts to drain you a little bit because it's not what you train for. <laughs> it's something completely different. It's different than what and it nobody looks like. talks about it. No. Yeah. I mean, for me, I, I think it's just more of like starting to live a little. Because mm-hmm. a lot of people are like they're so dance driven that when they're not doing something, they feel like, oh, they're getting left behind. Mm-hmm. So like, oh, like I'm out of date. Mm-hmm. Part of it is like living a little and getting to know people for who they are and also to understanding that dance goes beyond steps. 
it goes into choreography, it goes into direction, it goes into wardrobe, styling, like being creatives. So like once you start tapping into all of that, for us, I know we've done it to a point where that is the reason why we're still here. That is the reason why like, people are like, oh, you're not gone. You're, like I know you danced, but you haven't danced in a long time, but I still see you around. You're doing a show, you're working on this. Are you available to dance? Like it's, it, you know, out of sight, out of mind. So with it, I think you gotta just make sure that you're incorporating that entertainment is entertainment. Dancing is not the only thing in entertainment. Mm -hmm. So making sure that you broaden your horizons of what you're doing, but also to live a little, like go, you know, enjoy it. Enjoy what you get from dance rather than thinking that I, I have to only dance. Like, honestly, we don't go out and we don't do the club thing. And, you know, we see people, they dance in clubs, but we honestly have a blast dancing at home with our kids. Aww. Like, we'll start freestyling and you're like, there's a lot of joy in that, too. Yeah. So it's not about going out and being seen. Sometimes we just love doing what we do in private. I love that. And it, it just brings me back there. So many people who've sat here and they say that they're like, live life. Otherwise, mm -hmm. you won't have anything to dance about. Mm -hmm. But I know people come here and they're like, my everything relies on this. I have to eat, sleep, breathe it. Yeah. yeah. What are your recommendations as veterans for dancers who are new on a job on like their first big job, full production, whether it's tour or film? Mm -hmm and how they enter it when they're around other dancers who are veterans and they're the new green dancer. Mm -hmm. And what do you recommend for them when they're, because you choreograph and you direct as well, when they're the green dancer and how they address the choreographers? It's two questions. Do you know what I mean? If they don't know everything, they're trying yeah. to figure it out. Yeah. You have the dancer dynamic of the dancers who know each other and they're ready. This is second nature. And then you also have the dynamic you want to impress the person who hired you, but you're green. Yeah. Right. So any recommendations? <laughs> it's just to be observant. Mm -hmm. And often when you're trying to be seen, because a lot of green dancers, they want to be seen. And I get it. Like, you know, no one really knows you. So you're trying to be up freestyling <laughs> on the brakes and I was looking at you like, <laughs> yeah, I remember that one day. Um, but you have to observe what's going on, the energy in the room, seeing the choreographer. And, you know, it's not yeah. always about approaching them. It's just kind of just sitting back and seeing how everything flows. Mm -hmm. I think it's, it's important to be green and get the mistakes out of the way in the beginning. <laughs> because you learn on certain jobs and you learn through certain choreographers. Like certain big jobs that like people have gotten is a, is a greater experience than somebody else. And sometimes it's, a worse experience just saying like oh I didn't expect this the choreographer was rude so it's it kind of plays back and forth you're not gonna get that big job where you think everything's gonna be amazing mm -hmm. sometimes the production can be bad and it's like the whole thing is just it's out of whack like it, it's not your greatest experience and then sometimes you're influenced by that and you think that this is what it is all the time so then you walk around with expectations you walk around feeling entitled like so many different things going on mm -hmm. i say be green and then learn but also to be observant but also to absorb absorb everything now to tell like any dancer that's going to come out here it's like dancing goes beyond steps like you will be an actor at one point you will be a model at one point you will be a choreographer you will be just a stand-in you will be an assistant like it's it you, all these titles are going to happen regardless but part of it is just making sure that you're going to soak it up mm -hmm. you want to be green soak it up you want to be green absorb it observe and it's okay to just take that first approach of like you know making those mistakes in there because you learn we've all done it 
Yeah. And it's okay to be excited, like, yeah. you know, and just want to dance <laughs> when you see the vets just yeah. kind of sitting on the floor, like, doing it on their phones. Yeah. And yeah. We, we, we all understand it. Yeah. Because we've all been there. We've all been excited. Who are your favorite people to dance with? Oh, man. Like, I've never been asked this question. So it's, I've never it's, asked it. It's like 20 yeah. years of dancers. And, and, no, oh, and then you're probably thinking not to leave anyone out. Yeah. Damn it. It's, well, a, lot, you know, you know it's a long list. I, I'll try to answer it. I mean, the thing is, like, it's not even about like leaving people out. It's sometimes I got to remember who I danced with on certain jobs. Because uh. certain jobs are like, amazing. And you're like, why? Because of the crew. Mm-hmm. Not because of choreography. It's because of the crew. Or because of the artist. Or because of the project. I love dancing with Punch and Goofy. Mm-hmm. I love dancing with my wife. We're actually See? bookends a lot. We're, we're so hired crazy. together really? a lot. Yeah. They're like, um, they're like, are you available? Is hubby available? <laughs> and then they'll literally bookend Book us. Yeah. It's usually, because it's not usually done like that with men and a woman. Yeah, I mean, yeah. even like when um, I did Chris Brown tour and I was bookended with Fifi sometimes. Like, really? Yeah, because it was an uneven number. But it can happen. We we get bookends all the time. Yeah. Um, I don't think he dances anymore because he's, like, bigger than that right now. He's, like, choreographing for Usher. But I used to love dancing with Rio. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was a good one. Yeah, I love dancing with him. Besides being insanely talented, like, what makes it so enjoyable with these people that you're mentioning? There's that energy, a connection. And that's that's my main thing with dancers. I have to put myself in the room with who I'm going to connect with just off of mo- you know moving mm-hmm. and i love that yeah so i think you know having people with good energy and how they move it inspires you too for me it's it's, it's also not only just the chemistry but i'm a fan of their skill mm-hmm. and when you're like oh we're doing this together then we are uplifting each other and pushing each other and then if you can remain doing ography the same you're like, wow, like we've, we've tapped into something that matches. Mm-hmm. So I'm a fan of theirs. So that's what's best for me. What's the job outside of, you know, being freshly <laughs> C-section that's challenged you the most in terms of choreography or the stage setup? Or I always like to know, like, for the best of the best, what's the thing that made you sweat and be like, damn, am I going to do this right? Yeah. I'm glad you're asking these oh, questions man. because, like, these are things that I'm like, oh, wow, it's making me think further into my career because there's a lot of times like because we've been doing it for so long mm-hmm. it all gets a little redundant like she said Groundhog's Day and you forget but now that you said that I will say stomp the yard yeah because of all that stepping and slapping and clapping and hitting your thighs and everything <laughs> we were bruised like we, it was almost like we were in a real fraternity getting hazed mm. you know we, we, we if we did something wrong you hear a clap off like that's crazy it's not doing a move off you hear a clap off like mm-mm claps don't sound good together or some it sounds like popcorn they always say that it sounds like popcorn 10 push-ups like we were getting like uh, like haze for everything that we did wrong and it actually um it was difficult but it, it changed our mentality to in order to like fix certain things and adapt a little bit faster work a little bit harder and then also a lot of dancers don't do this they always worry about themselves but if somebody else is messing up they don't go to them like let me help you out let me fix this for you because mm-hmm. we're in this together mm-hmm. so a lot of that happened but it was it was challenging how do you recommend approaching a dancer if they're messing up but i think like people might be different about it mm-hmm. some might be like oh my god thank you or like i'm not messing up you're messing up i well, think i think it's like hey are you going right because i was going left and yeah. it's just kind of like like <laughs> what, what do you think it is maybe should we ask somebody else yeah. and, and it's just kind of like what are we all doing yeah. 
okay, then somebody's off. You know, it's just kind of smoothing that out. I was just about to say the same thing. I think it's just putting it in question form. Like, are we doing the same thing? (laughs) Do we go left? Do we go right? What? Can you show me what you did? Yeah. Oh, so you're doing left foot. I was doing right foot. Is that wrong? Like, I don't know. Maybe we, should try, maybe we should go ask. You know, like you put in a question form to kind of ease the tension because a lot of people do feel offended or feel attacked when you're telling them something, you're doing it wrong. And it's and you're trying to correct them so they can do it right. Mm-hmm. They, you know, they have a, a guard up because they don't ever want to be told that they're doing it wrong, especially in front of people. So I, I think it's just putting it in question form. I have the opposite problem. I always think I'm doing something wrong. This is all areas of my life, TMI. <laughs> so I'm always like, did I fuck up? And I was like, before, like, you're fine. Don't ever say that. Don't draw attention to yourself. I'm yeah. like, I think I fucked up. Yeah. Where do you think I fucked up? <laughs> or I get upset when I'm like, why did anybody tell me I was wrong? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like I see it back on tape and I'm like, nobody wanted to correct me. Like, come on. <laughs> I am one of those people that will speak for everybody else. Like, mm-hmm. So if we're in a group and I know it's off, and, and it's probably because we're choreographers too and, mm-hmm. and creatives, and if I see it going over and over and over and it keeps going wrong and nobody corrects it, I'm the one to raise my hand and say, hey, can we just all know exactly what, can, can, can the choreographer <laughs> yeah. do it? Like, and you know it's yeah. so funny because <laughs> we're always put in charge of the dancers, even though we're not the dance mm-hmm. captains on the job or we're not the choreographers, but the choreographers would be like, Tyrell, Trina, can you all get them together? And we're like, what? <laughs> Why do we have that responsibility? Because we do ask questions. We're like, mm-hmm. um, so for this step, is everybody doing this? And Because we'll ask the choreographers. So we are those people. Mm-hmm. And we come from a place where back then, it was a place of like precision and adapting really fast and making sure that we move as a unit. And sometimes like that's not the case these days. Mm-hmm. It's all about, are you hitting it and killing it? Mm. but we're not doing it as a squad we're not doing it as a group mm. we're not moving as one and I think people who've had that experience can spot it it's like watching music videos for all dancers you know you can you, you see steps now when you watch music videos you can tell something's off here and there and you pick it up and you didn't even know and then you can't watch it the same anymore so like mm. even when we're in classes or in rehearsal rooms there's a sense of like wow I, I see what's wrong and but I'm not in a position to correct that. So I have to ask the question for the group because we can all go down in flames. Yeah. And I have too much pride to go down in flames with a big group. I'd rather go down by myself. <laughs> but, I, you know, I have to ask questions. That's dope. It's so interesting and nuanced because, like, I choreograph a kids and teens team for WNBA. Mm-hmm. And my boss, she is punch and groove generation Mm -hmm. dance for i think bbd she's the generation more i learned from but still it's different and she's like no let me come in and clean up and she's like you're paying attention to me too much to the specifics of each dancer but as a unit when you stand back what are some of the larger stroke things Mm -hmm. where they're not matching yeah Yeah. and i realized my eye me like my eye will look at where's the angle of your arm or Mm -hmm. like what's your pinky doing or are our chest moving in the same direction but yeah do you know what i mean i'm like oh that's something i don't like I need to work on that yeah. damn yeah it's like the bigger picture that you're looking at because I mean you can clean something to the bone and that's what I thought I'm supposed then, to do but, but sometimes but when it's too clean then it, it doesn't have like that um, authentic flavor yeah, it, to it yeah it, it doesn't give you you know I guess the word today people use a sauce but it doesn't give you something to mm. connect with anything. You you don't feel anything because yeah. now it's just like it's like a robot. Yeah, yeah. That's my take on that. Oh no, I love that. <laughs> I I grew up sneaking into the club, so oh. that's like, <laughs> <laughs> like nobody at the club was like, "I'm gonna be clean." It was just like you know how 
just how much are you channeling or like how fly are you or yeah you know and then choreographing what's your process like if you get a project if it's for an artist or if it's for a commercial like how would you go about choreographing honestly we get thrown everything last minute i'm and i mean last minute so we have like, like an hour before? to oh day night of. before the day of why why does that happen? It's I think it's something <laughs> that's been going on because I hear other choreographers complain too. Oh. Everything is last minute. I think it's just the way the industry is running now. Industry and so they're just like calling you right before the job, and you're like, wait, I have no prep time, and it so there's that's kind of out the window. So mm-hmm. we just kind of throw it on we're like what do we do and it right. feels like we're panicking but it always comes together right you know we do get a lot of stuff last minute and i just say that because <laughs> i was over here thinking like no we've we've took some time and thought, thought the whole process out no it hasn't happened like that but i think also too there's always this like saying to us from others you guys can do it i know you can and it's it's almost like okay so We've we've done something right in the past that showcased that we can do things last minute and pick up the pieces and just be organic and make it happen. That doesn't always feel good, and maybe we don't say that, but at the same time, yeah. you know, our process with all of it is more of like, okay, whatever we get, we take a moment. Sometimes we break a bottle of wine open, <laughs> and and it's just like we try to find the important things to us that makes the project or the dance or a video or a creative stand out, and it's like we always say why. Yeah, and why? we're never really satisfied with the outcome. We're like, you know, we're perfectionists. Yeah. We're like, we could have just done more. Had had, had more, more time. time. Yeah. <laughs> and then okay, so for me, I love creating formations and transitions is not where my mind goes i'm like damn okay it's part of the job (laughs) no one (laughs) i'm like i need to scratch that or maybe not maybe i'm not the only one but it's not the way i creatively that i function i do it now it's like a gotta do it okay so i'll make it happen Mm -hmm. but it's not where i have flow yeah so do you have any recommendations or ways that you go about approaching formations and transitions She's good with that. Yeah, like that's I something. Think I'm pennies. I'm. Yeah, that's pennies. just something I'm good at because I don't know if that's like a mathematically thing. It? I love it because uh, I just see it and like we have this many bodies, we can do this, and you know, and he does really well with that camera wise. Mm. He knows how to be like, okay, they should be in a diagonal and then take it around. So we have those strengths differently, but at the same time they're the same because yeah. his is like all camera, but mine is just like. Okay, if we're on a wide, how how do I make this happen? But that's a gift in itself because there's certain choreographers that are so good at formations and big groups. That's why they get hired. Mm-hmm. It's not about their choreography. It's about all the bodies on stage that they are able to maneuver and put in formation. That That's just a skill that certain people have. Yeah. And that's why you have to have an assistant sometimes to be that eye for you. Because you can have all the steps, but... Maybe you need the extra help of somebody being like, uh, maybe, you know, the formation should be this way. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say with that, too, is just um, having that assistant, an assistant also tells you that a lot of people don't do it all by themselves. It's teamwork. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And if you're trying to do it all by yourself, you're probably going to exhaust yourself by a certain time. And then it's probably going to get to a point where people are going to say like, oh, you don't have this particular skill. So you're kind of showing your weakness. Mm -hmm. So I say have an assistant. Have a team if you want to have three. I mean, if, if, if there's something that you don't excel in, then you should have a balance. Yeah. Is there a line where it's like too much to ask an assistant? Because I've heard before whispers around, oh, this choreographer, it's all their assistants. 
Like their assistants are just doing everything. Because then you need to change their title to associate. Uh, if they are choreographing and like doing a majority of it, they need to be an associate. Now, if they are only there to clean and to kind of help with the, getting the dancers together and, you know, doing like admin stuff, then they are an assistant. Right. Mm-hmm. If you're doing bulk of the work as a choreographer. Yeah. But they're just kind of, and they might just be there for a vibe too. Like if you're my assistant, I'm like, let's just start moving. And then you start following. And then I'm like, oh, I kind of like how you do that. Then that's an assistant. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was just smiling because I was like, <laughs> I think sometimes it comes down to like, what are people's like real titles? Because mm. like, you know, you just say anybody's an assistant, but like if you're going to be doing choreography, you're co-choreographer now. Like, or if you're gonna assist them just by repeating the choreography and teaching it, then you're an assistant choreographer. Is make sure your title's right with what you're doing, the work. Mm-hmm. So like that gets it's, it's loose. Like it's the lines are getting so blurred that people don't even know what's mm-hmm. what, and that's why people are getting hurt these days. Like oh, I didn't get, you know, mentioned, or no, I was doing too much because you didn't even know what your title was. And then you also, I mean, lack of a better phrase, you gotta have some balls to say this is what I'm doing because this is what you hired me for. Or this is what I want to contribute because I want to extend myself. Yeah. So I and then I'm I've seen used. I've seen assistants just be like throw in their choreography without being asked. So mm-hmm. and then oh, and then but cool. then they're like, well, I choreographed an eight count, and you're like, but you just you offered that, so yeah, it wasn't asked of you. Just kind of it was like, okay, we can do that. So let's say you're choreographing for Madonna, and I'm assisting. And, you know, we do some vibe stuff and cleaning up the dancers. And then you're like, you know what, for this course, could you come up with a few eights? Yeah. At that point, am I still assistant? Is it a gray area? It's Is kind it of a gray area. I think that still falls under assistant because if it's not over half of the work, mm-hmm. then, you know, you're not really putting in the full effort that the choreographer is because mm-hmm. there's a lot of other things that go that the choreographer has to do with the emails the meetings and knowing what's going on with the director and this like there's more to it i feel like it's a case-by-case basis mm-hmm. there was one person that we hired on a job and there was a section that we didn't get to so i was like come up with something and then even though you weren't hired under this position you can claim that choreo that's how i look at it yeah i may not be able to pay like, for it you can claim the choreo. Yeah. Like, I'm giving that's you another something thing. for it. We know choreographers that don't allow their assistants and associates to put it on their reels. So we're like, we're like, no, if you did that eight count, go ahead and use it. Like, yeah. I don't understand how that would hurt me Cause if like, you use that for your, you know, your reel. Right. Because the other thing, too, is like with us, you know, we're a firm believer of like shouting people out for mm-hmm. what they have been a part of. So if we say, oh, yeah, you know, we were choreographer for this and this person hired on this this job and then thanks for the collaboration for somebody bringing choreography and coming to this mm-hmm. like I'm, I'm giving you the opportunity to like claim this so you're not being used now maybe in the yeah. beginning it's um, you weren't hired to do this but I think that comes along with sometimes on certain jobs you know, the expectations they go all over the place mm-hmm. and then sometimes the job is extending you to do more you're like oh wow you want me to do another number or wow you want me to go work with the director so I'll go work with the director I know you were just assisting me on choreography, but I think you got it. Like, yeah. you're rising to the occasion. Yeah, credit yeah. can go a long way. It's like, even if they weren't paid to be in that position, just, you know, acknowledge that they mm. helped yeah. with it, you know. Which I feel like makes a, probably makes a big difference. Like, my mom 
she always talks about if somebody in any respect mm -hmm. helps with anything, sometimes it's just an acknowledgement. Sometimes right. people just need that. Yeah. And it, it, it furthers your career. Like, you don't know if you gave somebody credit, what job opportunity can be ahead for them. Mm -hmm. As well as some people don't even know that you're on the job. And when we mention you or you mention us, somebody's like, oh, wow, like I always wanted to work with them. But at the same time, out of sight, out of mind. Sometimes yeah. if you just don't hear, any, hear anything. You don't even think that people are working with certain people. You're like, oh, you guys still working with this person? Yeah. Oh, I just haven't, I haven't seen anything. Well, one, we can't post. Two, non-disclosure -dis uh, agreements. Mm -hmm. Three, sometimes you... You know, we don't want to step on nobody's shoes and we would actually respect if they gave us credit because mm -hmm. we always give them credit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, you know, it's just it happens. I'm hearing a lot more around dancers rights and with the Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. uh, if, if you can't speak about it, then understand. But like Super Bowl, there were a lot of dancers who were hired as volunteers. Then they after I think a fight for it, they were given minimum wage. Mm -hmm. And I think in more places, there's more call-outs for treatments and rates. Mm -hmm. um, and if it's too sticky of a question, I can ax it. I mean, oh, just to touch base on it, I think it's great that, you know, somebody spoke out about it. But then, you know, there was a gray area of a lot of misguided information, too. Mm -hmm. And then when they started singling people out for something that's been done for 40, 50 years, mm -hmm. that's where I have a problem because it's like how do you single certain people out on this particular year you know when this has been going on for so long let's call everybody out then okay and not just call out certain names no we can call out everybody and that's you know where I have the issue with that but I do I am for it yeah. I love that they got paid mm -hmm. you know it change has to happen and sometimes it takes just someone over here not person of power to do that yeah. So it's like choreographer being singled out or a casting director being yeah, singled out. Yeah, just because I'm like, well, how do you single them out for something that's been going on? It's just mm. what we've been used to. Yeah. Really. It's probably the easiest person to look yeah. at because we know whose name it is. And yeah. it's, I think also part of it is podcasting. And I'm kind of like this. I'm interested in, I have my beliefs and my rights and everything but I'm always interested in the spectrum because everyone does have a position mm -hmm. and sometimes we do not know what's happening in their world and it doesn't necessarily mean it's okay but it's like we do not know what's happening in their world right, yeah right, I'm very right. curious about it it feels good to give it feels good okay that's um my record which is coming out never oh my god I just turned on a shredder wait a second I think I'm gonna keep that I'm going to keep that. Okay, I promise I'm going to keep this short and sweet. We're putting this in the middle of the episode because it's so important. We are on six years of creating, producing this podcast, and we give it to you for free, and we will keep on doing that. And it does cost something to do it, to produce this. We're talking hardware. We're talking software. We're talking website hosting. We're talking paying out time to edit episodes. And any and all donations help. Let's keep it real it uh yeah no <laughs> it's important so whether you are giving a couple of dollars to say hey I support you this is what I can do or you want to give more if you're interested in sponsoring an episode it makes a difference you can send your donations via PayPal or Venmo using the email dancespeakpodcast at gmail.com again that's dancespeakpodcast at gmail.com on Venmo or PayPal send it as a gift and we will Thank you. And back to the episode. 
how did you two meet? Like, what was that progression like? And going from not knowing each other to knowing each other to whatever the in-between was and then also building a work relationship. I want to know the whole trajectory. It was like the Michael Jackson video. So, you know, <laughs> and I was just like, yeah. I was like, hey. Hey. Star Um, We actually met earlier in our careers, but you know, when you just meet people and you're like, oh, hi. Uh, Isn't and then that crazy? Continue on. Because, you know, certain people, they might attach to that. And then we both didn't attach to anything. We we're yeah. just like, hi, what's your name? Cool. And kept our lives going, but not knowing who really who each other yeah. were. I think also, too, when we met, we just mentally weren't meeting each other just to be like, hey, I want you to. I want you to uh, to befriend this person. It was more like it's a hello. We got work to do. Keep it going. You so exist. Very, I exist. Yeah, yeah, but you know, it's it's a simple like a suggestion. Like yeah. hi, hi. That's it. Yeah. And then it, it comes down to maybe somebody remembers something, and then they're like, oh, I think we did meet. And you kind of try to put a, a name to it, and a face to it, and a place to it, and you're like, Oh yeah. When you're ready to think about it. Yeah. So with her saying that, she was about to explain. You were walking down a dark street. <laughs> yeah, yeah. walking down the dark street, and I said, "Hey, no." But um, it was both when we were in like the downfall of our personal lives, not mm. our careers, just personally, you know, with relationships and everything going on in our life. Uh, we both were doing a tour together, and it was just like four dancers on that, so we were t- two of them out of the four. Mm. And, you know, it was just like a natural connection. It was, we were just talking. I was like, oh, you think, you kind of think how I think. We, you know, we're a lot alike. And we just developed a friendship and then we got to talking and it seemed like our lives are parallel mm-hmm. uh, of what was going on. And, you know, we we're both kind of depressed. And, you know, a lot of people in the industry don't ask if you're okay. They just see you moving in your career, like how oh, you guys are doing it. And we're like, okay, but I don't feel happy. And we saw that in each other, and we just became friends and super close. And then we ended up, after a week of that tour ending, we ended up on another tour together a week later. Mm-hmm. So two tours back to back. So our friendship just got stronger and stronger, and I'll let you tell the rest. <laughs> <laughs> and then came a baby, then a baby, and then came more work. No. Yeah, I mean, when we met, it was at our darkest points of our lives, and for me, you know, I tell, I tell her all the time that it was finally for the first time that I met a, a friend that wasn't like met by another dancer. It was more like I got to meet a person that's real. Mm-hmm. It wasn't about our careers. We was on the same job and we just started talking about like, what do you like? What do I like? We started talking about film and, and digital film. And then we our humor is the same. Like we literally look at each other like. <laughs> yeah, it had, and it had <laughs> nothing important. to do with dance. It wasn't like, oh. Whose classes you take? Oh, what jobs did you do? We didn't even ask that. So from there, when our chemistry started getting stronger, it started turning out to being like, oh, I'm going to let my guard down and I feel safe to actually expose what I'm going through, some of my deepest, darkest things in my life and, you know, vice versa. And then from there, the friendship grew, but then I actually, I was looking at her like, well, damn, like... (laughs) I'm starting to like a friend, you know, instead of being hooked up, you know, like a lot of times in relationships, you're like, you're hooked up and you meet and you're like, oh, this person's cute and I like them. Like, no, we, we kind of did the opposite. It was like for the first time, I think we did it right. Friends. We got to know each other first. Yeah. Yes. And then it's like, you know, and then, you know, you're, you're attracted to each other. You're like, hmm, okay. So you try to be impressive. And then you're like, 
we were on stage trying to outdance each other and then I'm like, hey, snap, you know, like from there. It, it just, it, it grew and then from us growing into a relationship, we also went into a partnership as far as doing business with each other. What was that transition like? Because that can also be like tricky. I don't know, you know what I mean? Like you don't want to... Well, the thing is, I think because we had a great friendship, mm. a lot of it was we were on the same page about a lot of things. Yeah. So we talked about what we wanted to do in our career, where we wanted to move, and how can we help each other. And doing it with one another was the best way, but it wasn't like, like the only way. It was just one of the ways of like, well, this is good for us to create each other's work. This is good for you to pick up my slack when I'm weak and vice versa. And we get a chance to be around each other, developing our relationship even more. Mm -hmm. And we get to enjoy certain projects that are like executed. We're like, oh, wow, we did that. Yeah. And we're literally attached to the hip. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. So then this next question probably is like, doesn't make sense. But I remember watching E! True Hollywood Story Baywatch. Mm -hmm. And there was, I was like, <laughs> I don't think we were on that. And there no, was a no, couple no. and they were like, when we went home from set, we had already experienced it. We didn't know what to talk about. But is it the opposite? Like you experience everything together and that works so well? Or you talk it, about it different things when you're done? You know what's weird is like, I don't really understand why people don't have anything to talk about. I yeah, because we get home from work and we're like, did you see <laughs> this today? Yeah. We're like, yeah. And so we start talking about, we laugh, we drink, and then... Like, That's so dope. We never really run out of things to say. <laughs> I think it's probably because when we're working with each other, there is a there is a filter when you're on a job where like certain things you can't talk about. Mm -hmm. So we like, oh, I can't wait to get home because we're going to get out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, so we're at work and we're like, we give each other the eye. Yeah. It's like we'll talk later. <laughs> That's so dope. And then I realized I, I don't want to offend you by comparing you to a relationship that happened on Baywatch. Oh, no, 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 not at all. I think I'm just tickled by bringing you on Baywatch. I don't know. <laughs> I feel like when I started doing the podcast, I asked a lot about different artists. Mm -hmm. And if you feel like I'm missing this, I'm happy to go there. But I'm just, I'm so much more interested in you. Yeah, because <laughs> with the artist thing, I'm like, we've, we've worked with so many. It's like, I don't know. And I know the listener can be like, sometimes yeah. I'm like much more interested. And I think yeah. I'm not minimizing yeah, it. I'm just like, you, I think sometimes that's backwards. It's, you know, I know when I came here, I'm just like, what box can I fit in? Mm -hmm. And now it's like, no, we're, I think we're all powerful and we can bring something to an experience, but yeah. we don't have to, you know, reduce ourselves. And I think there's so much around like dancers behind the artists. And mm -hmm. it's like, what about artists are in front of this experience yeah. that's created right. on the stage right. by the yeah. dance? You know? Well, that's like one of the main things for us. We, we want people to get to know us. Mm -hmm. If you want to know our career, we can talk about it. But the other thing is like, it's archives. You can go look it up yeah but people don't get a chance to really uh see us be right. real and exposed so with us a lot of people only think that we are what we are when we're with a with an artist or mm -hmm. on a movie or on a commercial so when we, we're talking we're just like oh we're, we're actually open and we're like real human beings like, yeah <laughs> just like you like gotta get up in the morning got something to do I, I get hungry just like you get hungry i'm hungry all the time <laughs> <laughs> but also too like you know you know dislikes and you know certain questions that you're asking it's like it's cool because we haven't been asked these questions oh, these are real questions oh, yeah. rather than being like hey who'd you dance with you know who's your favorite artist what's your biggest job i'm like well we can talk about that all the time but you're not getting to know us mm -hmm. so that's what i feel um i do have to ask though hi-hat mm -hmm. <laughs> um hi-hat i feel like there's uh, certain names that it's like i've heard forever 
but they like they're behind the veil almost. I don't know. How did you start working with hi? I am saying <laughs> everything I just said, but no. But hi hat, you know, has a huge influence in the dance world, and mm. it trickles down. How how did you connect with hi hat and become part of that team? And is there anything that you've learned out of working with for hi hat? Mm. Um, she used to hire us as dancers all the time. Like I was with hi hat consistently on so many jobs. And then, she, you know, she would ask my opinion. She's like, what do you think about this? I'm like, you want my honest opinion? <laughs> I'm like, I don't like that. And she's like, yeah, me neither. But she liked that I was real yeah. and not giving the, you know, the, you know, sugar-coated answer. Mm-hmm. And so she would start asking me more questions and then trying to get to know me. And she usually doesn't do that. She doesn't open up. And then from there, I think giving my opinion or even saying things when I was her assistant, I'd be like, um, we got to we gotta fix this. And she's like, you read my mind. And that trust. And and then uh, she was like, so you've done this before. Like, you've done creatives. I'm like, yeah, we've done this. And that's how she brought us on The Voice. Mm-hmm. She's like, your husband, he does this too. And so here we are together. And so that started our creative relationship with Hi-Hat. And then we basically became family. Yeah. You know, she has her twin boys and our our kids, and we all hang out and go to dinner. So we know her on a different level than most people. But, yeah, she's not out there hanging with almost anybody. <laughs> yeah, I think she's private. Yeah, and she's Because she's trying to protect what she has. Yeah. She works so hard to have what she has. Yes. So it's not going to be exposed to everybody just to really kind of like scrutinize her. You know uh, what I mean? But she's a warm, loving soul and like she gives the dancers so much when it comes to rehearsals. Like there's food, water, snacks, like all this stuff that you don't see in a common rehearsal. That's wonderful. And is there any like any main takeaways from Hi Hat that's like this is what makes Hi Hat Hi Hat. This is what has her at this high level of success and consistent and being able to give more opportunities. Um I mean she's always willing to um take on new faces. Mm-hmm. Like if you get you so like you know we were talking about like oh the person that's like freestyling over there and we're like oh I don't remember that. Hi hat is actually looking at that. Mm-hmm. And she she's, she's willing to give she's willing to give a chance. Mm-hmm. So, you know, with her I think she's open to share opportunities with people if she sees talent. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily skill, just talent. Mm-hmm. So that's a good thing. And then, you know, with us getting uh, being brought on to her team and creatively working with each other I think she saw talent and we got a chance to improve our skill while working with her and then, you know, sharing experiences and whatnot. That's so dope. And then what's your, like, you've done both of you just so much for so many years, like long <laughs> haul, and it's it's amazing. And I almost hate the way I'm talking about it. I wish that this was the represented standard. I think it's that a lot of people just don't make it through past a certain point or get mm-hmm. to it. And I, like, I'm so inspired by the continuity mm-hmm. and just building and also having family at the same time. What are upcoming, like, what's your next goal? What's the, what are the things that now excite you and challenge you professionally? Um, our goals grow every day. You know, we start to see more positions that we didn't know were out there. Mm-hmm. You know, when we start climbing the ladder and we're like, okay, we're creatives, and then we're pitching to certain people, and we're like, I didn't know that job existed, but like I would love to do that. Like, you know, there's there's somebody that's the president of entertainment, 
at the network and they overlook your creatives and stuff like and they give the opinions of their the shows going out there mm-hmm. it's like I didn't know that existed so you start seeing you know new levels of the career that you want to go mm-hmm. go in and then this one he's amazing behind the camera like yeah. director I want to be a I'm not even gonna say I want to be uh-huh. I'm going to be you a, are becoming a I'm becoming I am. How about that? Oh, there I we am. go. Yeah. Let's put a you know stamp on that. Yes. I am a director, and you will see feature films in the future of mine. I hope that actually um, develops into something bigger, like you know how Tyler Perry has his own studios. Yeah. I hope that we've, we uh, we've always talked about having our own production company mm-hmm. for like over ten years. We've talked about this. Can you play a game with me real quick? Yeah. Okay. Perfect. I'm not telling you. No, you just have to be game and uh, detached from being. Accurate or perfect. Right? Okay. Okay. Here we All go. Right. Okay. It's ten years from now. We are bumping into each other. I've invited you over for wine at my triplex penthouse mm-hmm. with a balcony somewhere in New York because I am bi coastal. And wow. <laughs> and you happen to be in town. I didn't. <laughs> okay. I pulled it out of the air. This okay. is the game. We're speaking in present tense because okay. we've just time traveled. Mm-hmm. Um so it's twenty thirty two. What are you up to? You just finished that project, um, our three feature films that are uh, coming uh, out. Yes, yes. I'm um, so sorry. Our kids yes. are starring in it. And, you know, one is up for an Oscar. Oh. I produced it and he directed it. Oh, I love it. Um, you know, we're thinking about buying a, a third home. Where? In Hawaii. Yes. And Which island? Um, Maui. 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 That's Maui. what I was hoping for. Yeah. Okay. And then, you know, we're about to take a vacation in Greece. Ah, uh, yes. Then we're about to have this big party. Which is what would be my fiftieth? <laughs> God, but that my fiftieth birthday party, and we're just gonna rent a plaza in downtown LA and invite all our new friends, our old friends, families, and just you know have a soirée where we just talk about the past. That's amazing. And what's the name of what's the name of the film series? The films? film series? Or you said three films. Like three, three, films. three separate films. So, oh my gosh. It's an action film, a scary uh, scary movie and a, a comedy. And a comedy. That's incredible. Yeah. Great, great job. You both did very well in my game. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> I had to think fast. I was like, oh, this has nothing to do with choreography. <laughs> <laughs> How do we do this? <laughs> Is there anything that I haven't asked you that you hope to be asked? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're about to embark on a new show called American Song Contest. We are performance producers on that show. That's awesome. What does that mean? I have a guess of what it means, but... It's, it's a creative producer. So yeah. the set design, the lighting, the screens, the hair, the makeup, the wardrobe, Ooh. the staging, and then sometimes choreography. Mm-hmm. That's, That's so all involved. Sometimes hiring <laughs> dancers, too. So. Yes, and casting, mm-hmm. yep. if you want to go that far. Yep. That's amazing. That's so cool. And I actually asked a question in a, a group thread I'm in today. I was like, dancers, what would you like to know? Um, you know, one of them was like, how do I get hired? And she was like, LOL. But I knew it was serious. So let's say they're dancers. They want to work. They want to be hired by you. What are your recommendations? Well, since social media is a new platform, you know, we don't really audition. So we look at social medias and their Instagrams. They just need to make sure they have multiple styles on their feed you know that's easy to scroll and see immediately you don't have to scroll all the way down to see you know what they do mm-hmm. right. um you know let alone social media when we do teach classes and whatnot we're always watching 
So we're making sure that we have like a firsthand experience because I don't think it's just always just about the skill level that you see on social media. You also got to have like some type of personal connection with us that we want to work with you to make sure that we're going to have a great experience because Mm -hmm. there's nothing like having a skilled person and then you have a bad experience on a job. And we love using new dancers. We're like, let's just give them a try. Mm -hmm. There's nothing on their resume. Let's just try them out anyways. So like with us, we we search, but also too, you can DM us. You can have your um, agent send something to us. And, you know, we look at it and we try to do our best because, like, at times we have the ability to hire and sometimes we don't. Sometimes it's just all by, like, okay, this is what you get and you need to create this project. And like we said, most jobs are last minute. So we all choreographers tend to use the same people because they're trusted in just getting the job done mm-hmm. quickly. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's why, you know, people are like, well, why do they use the same people? It's because they, they, there's a there's a trust yeah. when the choreographer has to be somewhere else. And when we do create, sometimes it's specific. So, like, we may not just have an audition. We may say, we need this from these people. So sometimes we just reach out to people directly. Mm-hmm. That's very helpful. And then is there anything with the dancers or newer talent you've been seeing that is, like, done really well in any places where you would hope they would train differently or train more? Dancers need to train more in full counts. (laughs) There's so much stopping in the movement now. When they get on these commercial jobs, it's like, oh, you look great on your Instagram, but you just can't sit still and do full movements. And that's really an issue. Yeah. The one thing I want to say to dancers is, if you're in class all the time and you're killing that class and the class is just like, oh, I'm going for the combos, it's time to start putting yourself in positions where you're unfamiliar. Yes. So take those other classes that you don't have down pat. Take the other classes that push you and make you sweat and yeah, you didn't get the routine. If you're only hip hop, go take a technical class just to challenge yourself. Mm-hmm. Or if you're like, I don't really do hip hop, I'm all technical, go get an African class. Mm-hmm. Like, be uncomfortable. You should be uncomfortable in class. You shouldn't be killing it. If you're killing it, you're beyond the class. Yeah. Move on. Because, you know, it's just like working out. You know, you're doing the same thing for a while, it works, but then you'll plateau. So you need to start introducing new machines, new weights, new 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 fitness plans. So, you know, with dance, it's the same thing. And I would say this, when we teach, we, we see a lot of it where people are bringing other people's style mm. or even movement into our class when you need to kind of like leave all that at the door and then just be open and ready to adapt mm-hmm. and just like soak it in. Like there's a, there was, there's a saying that like, when I first came out here, they're like, just do what the choreographer did. And we try to be precise of how we're moving and what we're saying, and we'll be consistent. And we want dancers to leave out of the room feeling like they got there. Mm-hmm. Or and if they haven't, they'll be back to kind of finesse that. But there's a lot of them that always take classes that they're like, oh, I'm always doing this, I'm always doing this. Well, it's time to grow. It's time mm-hmm. to kind of like, like, it's just like going to school. You've already passed the class. Mm-hmm. And then there, there's yeah. no... There's nothing like being on a job. That's where you get the most learning from. Like, it's where you learn is yeah. on the job. Mm-hmm. So, quick rapid fire. Mm-hmm. Ready? Yep. A favorite movie? Juice. <laughs> the Goonies. <laughs> oh, very nice. Most embarrassing stage moment? <laughs> I, I knocked Beyonce's mic out of her hand. <laughs> yeah. How did you, like, what did you do out I there? I freestyled my ass all the way to the front of the <laughs> stage and picked it up and gave it right back to her. 
Very good. And, she was, and we were called baby boys at the time, so she was like, baby boys mess up too. Took the mic, <laughs> to say Afterwards, was she like, what? No, because we... I was I was going for it and she was going for it. So something organically happened that we didn't do usually in the show. Oh. And so I just knocked that around. It's funny, I'll never forget Aisha Francis talking about getting stuck in the stage during quick change. Oh yeah. But instead of quick change and she was the dance captain, she was like, There was no one to yell at me. Yeah. And I and Beyonce is turning around like, What the fuck? And she's just stuck in the stage. Yeah. Um, for me, I was on Rihanna tour and my entire bra like just popped open, ripped, and my boobs were just out on stage. And I don't know if the audience saw it, but the band was excited. I was like, oh my gosh, I had to run off stage and then come back. Yeah. And it's also, I love hearing like, I'm sorry that happened, <laughs> what you did around it, because it's always the show must go on, but at yeah. one point. Now your boobs hanging out, you can get, get off stage. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm sorry that happened. <laughs> what is one of the most, outside of dance, once one of the most thrilling things in life for you? Thrilling? Mm-hmm. Skydiving. Uh. It was like, I mean, as far as thrill, that was the biggest thrill I've ever had. And I remember skydiving and we didn't get the footage. And she was like, oh, he's going again. So I had to go right back up. <laughs> I don't even know, like, all that adrenaline. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, we we love adrenaline. Like, uh, we, we just went on vacation and went swimming in caves with bats and oh, things. Where was this? And, like, in the Amazon with, you know, like. <laughs> I mean, that's my name, man. Like, tarantulas, <laughs> like, this big, we're like, oh, my gosh. Um, it's, I, I like stuff like that. Yeah. Favorite food? Sushi. Can I just say a place? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nobu. Sushi. Katsuya. I love sushi. So both of you, you match. Mm -hmm. Are there any outfits that you've matched with before that you're like, what were we thinking? Or any that were... I don't think we've no. ever had that. No, no. It's pretty casual. Because we, we, we don't go extreme. It's, it's like a sweater. Okay. Some fine. pants, some shoes. Like it's not like a full on outfit. Yeah. Like today it may I seem like hoping. we have a full outfit, but no, we just we both have black sweats, but they're not the same. Yeah. <laughs> now if we did like the same underwear and all that, it's a little excessive. <laughs> so I'm gonna put one in individually. Any trends uh, stylistically that you followed that you're like, what was I thinking? Why must you both can be I so cool? Talk oh. about like just any go? trend. Well, I was talking about fashion, but you know. No, what? I was gonna I say, remember, can I go back? Wait, yeah, yeah, yeah. I wanna go Please back. Go back. Yeah. When everybody, all the girls had that little bump in the early 2000s, oh, right here, I know exactly. and then their hair was out. I, I did that. <clears throat> so, speaking about like B2K, well, I'm gonna go back to Immature and IMX. Oh my God. When they used to have the, the hair like this. You had like the individual braids and we used to let them hang and it used to be curly, so I had that. I looked like Old Dog from, um, what is it? Uh, Can we have pictures, please? From, uh, what is it, Minister Society? No. Yeah. One of them. I used to have long hair, and I wasn't the person that always used to have braids, but I tried it, and then I tried to rock it, and I had, I look like immature. Oh, I photos. You, yeah, just got to pull up a picture. <laughs> what do you want to be remembered for in the world, in the dance world? It's 200 years from now, chilling on a cloud. In the dance world? Hmm. It can be dance world slash world. No, no, it's just like, dash, yeah. if in the dance world, I think I want to re be remembered that I always shared my gift with everybody and I've helped people move to the next level for them. Yeah, I think it's just, you know, creating a legacy that lives on in others. That's so beautiful. But I will have to say this in a journal thing. Yeah. I want to be remembered as being a great father. That's beautiful. Yeah. And great parents. 
And a great husband. Man, forget those kids. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Right in five years, I'm interviewing them. So let me play this back. (laughs) He's like, oh, let me tell you what this one did, first of all. (laughs) How can people follow you, support, connect with you? You already talked about DMing and Instagram. So Instagram handles? Uh, My Instagram at it's Trina B I T Z Trina B. Mine is at Mr. Dot Tyrell Washington, T-Y-R-E-L-L. If you don't know how to spell Washington, you need to go back to school. <laughs> and then we have our joint account at Tyrell Latrina as one word. Um, we're not on that one as much, but, you know, we, we do post like our work there. Thank you for listening to this episode. Be sure to rate and review us on the platform which you are listening to this on. And follow us and tag us in a post about this episode on Instagram at Dance Podcast. We also have a Facebook group, page, page, not group, page, soon a group. And we have YouTube. So we have so many different options to be in this community. Also, remember, if you feel compelled, if you are open to it, we greatly... <laughs> appreciate and accept donations even if it's a one dollar to say hey i'm listening and i believe in you or five dollars or five hundred dollars you can send it via venmo or paypal using the email address dancepeakpodcast at gmail.com again that's dancepeakpodcast at gmail.com we have the internship position open but it will not be open for long so if you are interested in that be sure to email us dancepeakpodcast at gmail.com with your cv and cover letter and we will follow up and if you want to follow me, I'm on Instagram at gogalit, G-O-G-A-L-I-T. Basically, you'll see, whoa, I couldn't say basically. I'm going to keep that. Basically, you'll see dance life stuff, sometimes some BTS with dance speak, um, my choreography, and dance, or just like crazy dancing around, crazy fun dancing, just a lot. I, I shouldn't be selling on my Instagram. Just if you want to follow G-O-G-A-L-I-T. And the Fit From Home course, you can find it on my website, G-O-G-A-L-I-T.com. That's gogalit.com. Click on online fitness course. This will give you access to a series of workouts you can do at any time from anywhere. And I will be doing the workouts along with you in the video and sharing fun stories. It's cool. Well, I guess that's it. I'm going to miss you all. Every two weeks, new episode. Okay, this might be a little rambly. I just... uh. I'm not stopping this yet. Um, Every two weeks, a new episode. It comes so quickly, and I'm really excited. I keep on saying it because it's true. We have just these great guests, dream guests coming up. And even looking back, I mean, I'm recommending episodes to people from every year. I'm so proud of the library we have, and it's super intentional. I wouldn't expect that any one person will look through it and know who every guest is because we're looking to the underground. We're looking to the overground. We're looking to the commercial industry. We're looking to the dancer who maybe doesn't live in two of the main places I interview from, New York and LA. We love diversity in so many ways um, of dance. That's the way that I learn dance, dance, (laughs) dance. I always like to take one thread or you know one point a person that I look up to that I admire that I'm learning from and I want to know who are your teachers and who are their teachers and then who are the people that influenced you that you might not even know influenced you because we're all connected it's kind of like a game of telephone um so I intend the podcast to also be like that that we have a lot of people that have crossover and things in common and the dance world can feel small but then like who is that person that you know if you're if you're following these dancers and watching them and looking up to them, who are the other dancers you might love that you don't know 
yet. So anyways, keep on listening. And in the meantime, we have an episode of now over 160 episodes. So enjoy, connect with us, and we will see you next time. Hey guys, thank you so much for listening to our Dance Speak podcast. For inquiries, suggestions, comments on your favorite guests, or who you'd like to see on the show, please email us at dancespeakpodcast at gmail.com. That's D-A-N-C-E-S-P-E-A-K-P-O-D-C-A-S-T at gmail.com. And check back in next week for our latest interview. Thank you so much. 